When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Surf Stories, the podcast brought to you by the Florida Surf Film Festival and Surfing's Evolution and Preservation Foundation. I'm your host, John Brooks, and with me, as always, is co-host Kevin Miller. How are you, Kev? I'm pretty good. I'm not much of a co-host on this one, but I'm pretty good. Oh, but you're on the intro. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Now, this is another episode from my uh, little sojourn down in Australia. Yep. I was super fortunate. I've known about uh, Eden Saul and his surfboard brand, Dead Kooks. Um, I think it's the coolest, funniest, most appropriate name for a surfboard brand out there. And uh, he was such a cool guy. My my buddy Joseph that I went down to visit is friends with Eden, and he introduced me. I got to go by his factory, watch him shape some boards. He's really a talented shaper. Um, he travels all over the world uh, shaping at the most premier places and working with the most premier glass factories nice. in the world. Pukas, uh, Skip Fry, you know, yeah. Spend, that sounds fantastic. Spends a lot of time in cloud break, which you'll hear more about in this episode. Okay. Some of those times good, some of them not so good. Well, yeah, I've got a little teaser from you about a shoulder something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, it's horrific. Ouch. But, uh, yeah, it's a great story. And uh, Eden was a great host. He had us over to the house. Uh, he's got a beautiful house up on the hill there in Lenox and uh, got to surf some beautiful waves and then uh, go hang out and uh, have a chat with him. So, Wonderful. Yeah. I can't wait to listen. So, I actually haven't listened to it yet, so uh, it'd be nice to be in the intro and then get to listen to it once it comes out. Yeah, yeah, As absolutely. a normal listener. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you I'm go. excited. And, and Eden, thanks for coming on the podcast. to be here with you at your place in Lenox. Yeah, and, and you guys got some waves this afternoon. We did, we did, this morning and this afternoon. Gosh, we've had waves for like 10 days in a row. My uh, my first time in Australia, and it's been an absolute delight. Joe Joe said, come in April, that's the time to come. Don't tell everyone that. And yeah, so don't come in April, it's been awful. We haven't surfed at all. <laughs> uh, I'm stoked for you. And I'm, like Lenox for me is just like, it's such a special place. Yeah. So the fact, and you, you lost a little skin. It's obligatory. Perfect. Yeah. I, I would have preferred not to lose the corner of the tail on my board, but. If it makes you feel any such better. Such as it is. I've watched people that have surfed this wave for 30 plus years. Yeah. Still do it. Yeah. It, All I mean, the time. I've, I don't even feel like I made a mistake. Like I was standing on a rock. I was solid. And then like a little chest high white water like hit me and I went to push into the rock to just stabilize and the rock just rolled away and I was like what happened I'm in midair now I've seen we had like a really good swell about a month ago and I seen some absolute horror shows I bet like a big like a pretty big east swell and there was like a girl you know like really beautiful polished board little bikini and like there was a <laughs> wave that was like as big as her head and oh, she was no. standing there and just looked 
and just threw her board and just <laughs> wore this thing. And it was, <laughs> and then I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but one of the like sort of old school heavy local dudes, and we still sort of have a few, which is pretty cool. Sure. But he's taken up, I'll give him a little shout out, but he's got an Instagram called Lennox Rocks. <laughs> and it's just videos of people getting smoked. Oh, one, well, I could I could be one of those people today for sure. And he's so gnarly and kind of like he's not the guy you'd mess with. So it's like you, no one's going to go, hey, bro, you can't do that. It's, it's pretty heavy. Oh, that's some good epic. carnage on there. That's epic. That's epic. Well, um, for our listeners, um, I'm here with Eden Saul. And uh, as I said, we're here in Lenox. And how, how are you from Lenox originally? Or? I grew up here, yeah. Wow. So, wow. Uh, the house we're sitting in is actually the house next door to where I grew up. Wow. You're the, you're the lucky guy that, <laughs> that grew up here. <laughs> grew up here. Um, I moved away when I was 17. Uh, okay. Moved up to the Gold Coast to do some studies. Gotcha. Uh, which I never finished. Um, yeah, perfect. And yeah, then sort of like traveled around, went every bunch of places. And I think after a certain point, we realized, what am I, where am I going? What am I doing? Like, yeah. This is as good as it gets. Just yeah. go home. Um, yeah. I've, I've been here 10 days and I've, I've already, I decided on day two that it was the best, it was the coolest place I'd ever been. And I've been really fortunate to travel a lot of places and, I've never seen anywhere like it. It's uh, it's pretty stunning. Yeah, and it's special. I think for me, it's you know, there's a lot of correlation. To me, there's like this and Kauai sort of yeah. feel quite similar in a lot of ways. Obviously, very different in a lot of ways also, but yeah, I don't know. I keep ta- I've talked to a few people at home just on the phone since I got here, and that's how I keep describing it. I describe it as like, it's like Santa Barbara with the mountains, but with Hawaii's climate. Yeah. And yeah, it's just fantastic. Doesn't sound bad, does it? No, no, it doesn't, but... Still, nobody should come here. <laughs> um, so you have your surfboard brand, uh, Dead Kooks, which is the worst name for a business ever. Be- it's the best name for a business. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to ask you where where the inspiration came from. It's phenomenal. I wish I had like a clever story or something witty. It's just absolutely <laughs> not at all. Um, I think like a buddy kind of half threw it around as like a dumb joke. Just a wish. <laughs> yeah. And then just, I was like, it's probably, I don't know. I'm sure there's a bunch of people that have like got bands and stuff that they had in high school. They're like, Oh, we're going to call it this. And they sure. think it was, you know, like as it's just, yeah, you know, I never thought this was going to be my job or become anything more than like a little backyard hobby in a way. Okay. And then sort of like gathered a little steam, I guess. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck, I guess this is just what it's called. Yeah. So I know yeah. I'm cuss. I'll try so not to. When, when did you start shaping? Um, It's basically been my job now for like 12 years. Wow. So Okay. Yeah. I'm 35. Sort of got a decent run out of it so far. Awesome. Awesome. Any um like inspiration, like guys that you, when you first started, was it out of, I know like some, some guys I've talked to, they're like, I started shaping because I couldn't find anybody to make what I wanted. It or... sort of was that in a way. Um, I was actually quite lucky. Like growing up here, um, Dan Thompson lives very close. Yep. Um, and Dan was riding um, like a lot of cane garden fishes and stuff. Okay. Um, Dan was like, he, he's still such a talented surfer. Yeah. And he's a guy probably like I would put a lot of like, respect on he was kind of riding these boards that no one else around, especially around here this is probably you know like when i was like 12 13 okay he was riding like some crazy fishes really like insane rocket fish stuff and you know, twin keels and i was like holy shit yeah because it was like him and rasta were sort of the only guys i'd really see around here doing that stuff yeah and dan would like throw me some boards and then dan started shaping when he was sort of like 18, I guess, 17, 18, maybe. Okay. And then I'd go, I was getting a couple boards of him. Still got a couple like stashed away. Nice. Pretty classic. And from that, and then I started, I think I was like 13, and then Dick Van Stralen somehow like sponsored me. Oh, wow. So I was getting like boards off Dick, which were crazy. Yeah. I still remember trying to order a 5.4 off him, and he was like, you can have a 5.3 or a 5.5. Five. I don't make 5.4s, <laughs> which was pretty killer. <laughs> I, was, I, I asked him, I was like, why not? And he's like, you can, t- if you tell me why. And I was like, oh. all right, I'll get a five through. <laughs> um, so I was kind of lucky having that, but it also probably ruined any chance of me ever wanting to ride a thruster properly again. Yeah, that's not a bad thing though. Um, but yeah, it was sort of like in that period of time, like fishes had like a really good moment. And then mm. I think as I got a little bit older, I was getting boards off Ben McTavish, Bob's son. Ben's an incredibly talented shaper. Yeah. 
um, been at it a long time, the humblest of guys and so, so genuine. Um, but yeah, sort of was like in a weird, like didn't know what I wanted, trying to get boards and they weren't always the easiest thing to find at that point in time. Yeah. And just, I think out of that curiosity, messed around and made a couple myself and they were all probably pretty terrible, but I was having a blast doing it and yeah. then, um, worked, um, kind of was like kicking around at Stuart Darcy's factory Darcy has been shaping boards forever. Yeah. You know, doing stuff with pots and that way, way back, made a bunch of Lane Beachley's boards. And Darcy's is really a great craftsman. Um, and he sort of like kind of showed me a few of the ropes and then nice. sort of just like ran on with it from there, I guess. Awesome. Awesome. And so what, um, at this point, like what's your, what number are you up to for boards? How many? 7,000 something. Okay. Wow. Know. Yeah. So a fair amount. Yeah. I feel like I'm starting to figure it out. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm starting to figure it out, which is funny because it's like, I think if you've been doing any other job for 10 years, people be like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You're making surfboards. It's like, you know. I'm like almost I there. I Bob McTavish the other day, <laughs> like chatting to Bob, and he's like, I got this new rocker I've been working on. I'm like, that's so insane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's unreal. Um, so you moved up to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Did some studies. And then did you start shaping up there? Or did you come, come no, back here? I was shaping here? up there. So I... I started, I got pretty good grades at school, had no idea what I wanted to do. So I enrolled in like um, business law and economics, just totally sadistic. Yeah. <laughs> and I got four years through that degree and all my friends were like getting jobs and like wearing suits. Yeah. And I was like, I'm hating this. That, that looks awful. <laughs> I, so I bailed to Indo for like six months, came back, was looking at what everyone was doing. And I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. And I'd been lifeguarding at the time to like pay bills. And making a few boards as I was doing the uni thing as well. And got to a point where I was like, I'm making enough money making surfboards. Yeah. I don't want to, I'm not, no. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to just take a little time off, see if I can make a run of this thing to make enough money. And all of a sudden I was like making more money than my friends that were like doing these shitty accounting jobs. And I was like, all right, fuck this. So, yeah. You can say fuck on this okay, podcast. Cool. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> We're Australian. We'll cuss. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's all so good. Yeah, that, and that was sort of it. I was like, oh, I'm just going to see if I can like make a run of this thing. And it sort nice. of has worked out so far. And when you first started, were you just um, like selling to friends or did you write it straight away, go out? I'm, I'm sure the schooling, the business economic schooling probably, probably helped. helped for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I sort of was, I think probably at that same time, like I was making just fishes and single fins and longboards and whatnot. It wasn't that easy to get like a lot of like I don't know those sort of longboards I guess in Australia at that probably point in time. Mm-hmm. This is pre Instagram or any of that stuff. I remember you know people still had blogs and yeah that was sort of how <laughs> things would travel around or there'd be like a fish fry event or something. And, yeah, um, but yeah, it was just you know probably pretty organic. Just so that through friends and doing that thing and yeah traveling around. That's interesting because I I always assumed that. Um, I was actually fortunate enough to meet uh, Daniel Thompson yep. in Nicaragua. Um, we went to this place up in northern Nicaragua and just happened to be at the same place that he was. Um, he was with Mikey de Temple and Chris Christensen and um, Ryan Birch. And they were filming, they were making a film that Mikey was making called Sight and Sound. And they were there for the same week that we were there. And I remember that was kind of my first experience. Like we got there the day after they were there and we rocked up and we were like on the balcony kind of unloading our stuff. And I saw him come in and walk up and he had this tiny little surfboard. It was like five to 17 inches, one and seven eighths. Like it just looked like nothing there. And I was like, well, that's a gimmick. And then, you know, we surfed with him later in the evening and and I was like, oh my God, he blew the doors off everybody. Yeah. Everybody in the water. Like it was insane. Um, but I guess I just always assumed that that stuff was prolific here, but no, not but so much, huh? I, I think what kind of blew me away is like Daniel's been very successful. Um, I've spent a lot of time in San Diego and like in LA in general also too, but like there was maybe 10 years ago, eight years ago, you'd every second board down the beach, would be a Tomo. Yeah. Or as Tomo as people would say. Yeah. You'd come home, we surf the point, maybe three guys ride his boards. Really? That's crazy. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Whereas out there, it just like, he put a lot of time in out there too. Yeah. To his credit. Uh, but yeah. Interesting. They're definitely not gimmicks. That stuff, that stuff works. No, yeah, I've ridden, I've ridden a few and uh, 
Yeah. He, it's, I, I think he was one of the first guys, maybe not the first guy to do it, but the first guy to kind of market like a real like scientific approach with the aerodynamics, fluid dynamics. I know Richard Kenvin's done a lot of that stuff in San Diego. Yep. Um, but I think Daniel was the first maybe modern shaper to like really go after that market. And it, de- it definitely resonated with people. Well, it definitely helps when you can surf as good as he does too. Yes. Cause, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a few really great shapers out there that like couldn't surf so great. But like when I see like how well Dan surfs or like Birch is another one, like, yeah, there's a real like feel and sensitivity that you can sort of translate back. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was funny when, because Birch was on that same trip in Nicaragua and that was when he was riding those blocks of foam with like, he would dimple them with like a ball peen hammer. Hilarious. Insane. Like in, in like heaving six foot beach break barrels. And he'd like slide down the bottom, and he'd do a he'd do a bottom turn as much as you can on a block of foam, and literally like five inches of the corner of the inside tail would be the only thing in the water, and it, the whole rest of it would be just sitting out of the water. But yeah, that uh, that guy's impressive for sure. Yeah, living here and like we get to sit, like surf with Derek Hind a lot, and yeah, you know, seeing what Derek sort of does on some of those boards is. It's incredible. Yeah, it's nuts. He, we were fortunate enough to have him out to the film festival um, in New Smyrna, and he brought one of his finless boards, and we got lucky. He had a really good day of surf, like three to five feet, just beautiful, glassy, and he just blew everybody's mind. It was insane. Yeah, it was it's, insane. it's incredible. He's just sort of like that's his thing, and like his whole approach is, yeah, it's pretty yeah. mind-melting. And um Anybody that you would say like is that you consider like a mentor now or or inspiration that you're kind of like I'm looking at this or you or you strictly just look inward. Um, I still try to get boards off a few people, um, like no one specific in general. It's like I just whatever I'm feeling like. There's certain like I just got um, was lucky. I got a couple of skips. I got a fish off Bob Mitzvin nice. a year or two ago. Stu Kenton's made me a handful of boards. Yeah. Um, I just got a really beautiful nine four nine four nine six gun off Danny Hess. Oh, okay. Um, I got a board off by McTavish last year. So maybe also too, I'm lucky to call these sort of people like friends or colleagues or whatever. Yeah. So there's a little access there that you can get some stuff. That's it's a, not necessarily like you're trying to pull anything from something. It's just to shake things up and like not really fo- get into much of a rut and like you know that's amazing just a though sim- simple feeling something you might go oh cool that wasn't you know yeah and i think sometimes it's like even writing things that you absolutely like writing a board that you hate can also be really good sure because sure. it sort of like affirms some stuff or the it can also go the other way because you're like i might hate this and you go like Shh. Fuck that thing went really good, <laughs> and that can also then kind of like throw you in the yeah. Top, then your like mind's loop. really spinning. Oh my god, it's the worst. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, and so, do you? Are you doing? Um, like Joe and I came by. We saw your your factory there um, in Byron, out there in the industrial estate. And do you have distribution set up? Are you like have distributors elsewhere in the world, or is everything coming out of here? Um, at the moment, we everything comes out of Byron Bay. Um, nice. over, I've, I've done a lot of travel. Like I'd go over and, um, d- I've done a lot of stuff shaping out of, out of the States and LA, um, sort of more San Diego. Okay. Um, when I was, shit, I can't even remember, maybe eight, nine years ago, um, reached out and Chris Christensen was happy, like super welcoming and happy to sort of like bring me in and put me in up at, put me up at moonlight and gave me room to work out of. And that was killer. Yeah. Um, Chris is still definitely someone I like bounce ideas off and, you know, he's been really generous over the years with me. Um, and then, yeah, worked down at Diamond in San Diego. Um, and now when I go out there, I, Josh Hall usually will sort of put me up. Wow. It's pretty killer. Yeah. Those guys have all been insanely, you know, welcoming. So that's been cool. Um, I go to France and work out of a factory out there called UWL. Um, but otherwise, mm. everything's, yeah, shape it almost in-house so, and do that. So you're doing like basically like a world-class tour of glassing factories and shaping guys sort of yeah i guess i've <laughs> Those, it's been good but um yeah but otherwise we do everything in byron um over covid we couldn't i we couldn't really leave here which sure i know australia might have copped a bit of a bad rap in the press but we had the best winter of waves we've ever ever had and nice. no one was coming so we had like 
perfect surf and it was totally uncrowded. So as far as I was concerned, it was pretty bitching. Um, but while we were doing that, um, it was kind of also shipping was tricky. So I actually had Stu Kenson finish shaping some of my stuff, but like signing his name on it, which was kind of a, as far as I was concerned, it was like kind of a cool way of doing it. It yeah. wasn't just like some random kid ghosting for you. It was like a very legit dude. Yeah, absolutely. Shaping I, my boards and then I'd be like, well, you sign it. There's no like, you know, yeah. no smoke and mirrors. And yeah. Stuff. I reckon Stu's maybe one of the most underground, un- underappreciated or not even underappreciated, underknown shapers. Like he was doing all of Joel's stuff for a long time. Um, the eggs, I think Bill Shrosby was doing yeah. the longboards and Stu was doing the eggs and the fishes and stuff. But yeah, that I've had There's, some eggs from Stu because he's doing he does a few of his own label and yeah. I've had some like two plus one eggs from him that were some of the best boards I've ever had. Him and Wayne Rich for me are like super legit and probably don't get enough credit. Yeah, yeah, Wayne uh, Ventura guy. Yeah, up yeah there. he's killer. Yeah, unreal. Um, sweet. So, is it you're just? Just doing strictly shaping now. Strict shaping, traveling. Yeah. I'm trying actually not to travel too much, especially at this time of year. I always want to be home. Nice. Um, but yeah, we do. We're we talking about distribution stuff. Yeah. I got a shop in Japan. We opened a shop out there like eight years ago. Oh, it's nice. It's kind of random. Okay. That's been really cool. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, everything's just pretty much direct to consumer. We don't do any wholesale for the most part. Um, it's pretty much everything's direct. There's a handful of shops that'll sort of get things here and there, but it's pretty much all custom. Oh, okay. So that I was going to ask you, like, if you had, like, uh, like a series of accounts where you have, like, surf shops up and down the coast or you're just doing straight out of the factory? Pretty much. Like, we'll deal with, you know, we've got a handful of shops that will sort of, like, grab bits and pieces here and there. But, like, it's never really been the model I've chased. Um, we've got, like, our little storefront environment you came to. We've always kind of keep a, ha- a good amount of boards in there. Yeah. But, no, I sort of always like the idea of just building boards for people. Yeah. And is that from a profitability standpoint or just you'd rather like be in more in touch, more, more personal like, experience with the customer? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, I just want people to get the best boards they can get. Nice. I mean, sometimes, I don't know, I don't trust some random pimply kid trying to like, <laughs> go, oh, no, this is what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think people don't know what they probably want sometimes either, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, sometimes you, I mean, you definitely can come in and. Um, I, I work with a shaper that's a friend of mine at back at home, uh, Jeff Thomas. And sometimes I'll go and talk to him and say, this is what I'm thinking. And then he'll be like, well, this is what I'm thinking. And I'll be like, well, I didn't even know I was thinking that, you know? Yeah. So that- I also have had some funny ones from like guys around here, like this older guy, Gunter Ron, really great shortboard shaper. And I remember ordering a board off him. And I was like, I have like a five ten swallowtail. I had a six O rounded pin. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that's not what I ordered. He's like, no, this will go better for you. And I was like, all right, thanks. I, that's, I think that's always like um, kind of an old school like shaper thing where they're like, I've definitely put a tape measure on boards and been like, that's, oh, not, what pencil? that's yeah. not what it says on the stringer. Hey, you do know? you measure it, measure it over the bottom rocker or do you measure it from the top to tip to tail? Yeah, yeah. You can always fudge an inch either way. That's funny. <laughs> But that's really cool because there, I would say, especially in like some of the like high production shapers, that's not available. Like the average customer can't go in and talk to Matt Biolis or Britt Merrick and, and I, sure. not anything against those guys. They're just, they're putting out such numbers that they, they can't, but that's, that's really cool that you have, that you keep that model. We have, you know, you have a storefront, somebody can come in, talk to you, see what they think they want. You know, you can put put in your two cents and yeah, hopefully, I think it, that, and that's how it should be. I think like I was yeah. lucky, like that's sort of the, what I grew up with, and I think I'd like to sort of keep that thing going. I think it's really special to sort of have that thing, and it's nice when people come back. Yeah, or like the you know the ones for me that are always really killer is like just when you get a phone call or email from someone. It's like, I just got the best wave of my life, or like yeah, you know. And sometimes I, like, I've got some really funny ones where like some you know someone's like. Oh yeah, yeah. I just found out my wife's got cancer. I'm like, nope. just went through a divorce, and I just had this, and like whatever else. And they're like super down in the dumps. And then you like bumped them like six months ago. Dude, I took that board to Indo, and I got the best waves. And, like, and you can see them all lit up. And I'm like, nice. That's kind of cool. Nice. At the end yeah. of the day, we're just making toys for grownups. So yeah, absolutely. You can get as serious as you want about it, but like you just try to put smiles on people's faces. Absolutely. And so, life of a shaper, you probably get get to do a fair amount of traveling. Yeah, I think you can sort of do as much as, I guess now there's a lot more, opp- there is pretty good opportunity to travel a lot mm-hmm. um, if you want to. At the same time, it 
can be a little tricky, like the style of boards we make, um, you know, the glass works pretty detailed and intense. Mm -hmm. And um, it's probably maybe not common knowledge to most people. There's very few good, like, glass, like, color laminators out there. Yeah. Very few. Yeah. Like, I'd say for me worldwide, there's probably, like, 10, maybe 15 guys I'd be happy to glass my boards. Wow. Which maybe sounds ridiculous or like that I'm a dick, but I think there's a lot of people that bring me back back me up on that. Yeah, there's not yeah. that many good guys. No, no, isn't. I would agree. I mean, we I've actually talked about that with my my friends around that shape, and I reckon if you could set if you could set up a glass house that with probably with people that didn't surf <laughs> and actually like teach them and and really get quality work out of them, you'd probably make a lot of money because yeah. they're just not out there. No, my the guy that does my laminating surfs a little, but he's like way more into motocross, and it's the best. Shit perfect, ever. perfect, <laughs> way better. That's like the first question in the interview, right? You're like, "Do you surf?" Yes. What well, next? It's why we all started <laughs> doing what we're doing, but then it's it also is. that thing where it's like we're very fortunate here. Where we'll have like weeks of swell. Yeah. If you've had three weeks of waves and you got a, you got shit to get done. Yeah, it's like. The sun's hot here. If you've been in the water for six hours, you're not working. Yeah. You're fried. Yeah. Hard to crank out 20, 30 boards a week if you're... Yeah, it's <laughs> tricky. And, you know, and I can't blame them. Like, you know, at the end sure. of the day, like, if, I want, like, if my polisher rings me and, like, Kira's been really good, I'm not going to be like, dude, come on. I'm like, yeah. I want to hear how tube did Now, have you ever done in any of your own glass work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I Even when I first started traveling, I glass a bit of my own stuff or like okay. get, be in the glassing room with the guys um which was always kind of fun but not i don't know i guess i sort of had a specific kind of aesthetic or like look that i was trying to get or feel with stuff yeah um but yeah now i'm super lucky i've got some of the best guys i think yeah, some of the best guys in the world like i've got my guys mark and harry here who are incredibly talented and then um going out to the states and I've had like Nainoa, who's at Moonlight, or Alex Villalobos. Yeah. Um, we've worked in a few different shops together, and I've had those guys do all my stuff um, for the last like eight years. So I think yeah. there's, there's probably a fair number of people that say Alex probably the best glasser in the world right he's now. He's pretty damn good. Yeah. If he's not, I'd, I'd like to, someone else to tell me who is. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd like to meet the guy that makes his stuff not yeah, look like, good. But. I think if you wanted like a perfect canary yellow tint board, like I don't think. Like Jack Reeves out in Hawaii is probably the guy. Yeah. You know, Jack's old old and old school and he's pretty legit. But yeah, I think for detailed color work and also like just how many boards Alex can crank out. He's yeah. really good. And also and I know her. I know her at Christensen's pretty killer. But I yeah. I don't know. My guys do a pretty good job. That's unreal. Yeah. yeah. And your yours uh your brand definitely has a different aesthetic. It has a different feel. It's very identifiable. Like you walk into a shop a lot of times. Like I've seen some of your boards in Thalia Street, and and uh, it's they're pretty easy to pick out, like without even seeing the logo, like just looking at rails like stacked up. You know, yeah. you're like I, I can see that, and is that is that very intentional on your part? It's sort or of probably just like the stuff I like, just what you like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, which I say that because it's like if you looked in my garage, at the moment I have, I don't know, the boards I'm riding is like probably 15 boards in rotation. Every single one of them at the moment is just a simple, single different shade of blue. Ah. There's like 10. I got like a three boards in them that are just all Dodgers blue, all triple stringers, all polished. Nice. And then all my smaller stuff at the moment is just like all like sky blue, sand finish. Huh? I keep my shit simple. And I'll like, ev- <laughs> I'll, like I'll change it maybe every 18 months, but it's like, for me, it's just like every board, if I just am like, oh, it's going to be blue. When I'm writing order cards out for like a hundred different stock boards or something we're building, trying to come up with a different color or a different little abstract idea yeah. or something. By the time it comes around, I'm like making myself something. I'm just like, I don't want to have to think about it. <laughs> when I, I think too, it's like you, you figure out what you like to look down at as you're paddling. Yeah. And that's different for everybody. We sort of built ourselves into a weird corner too, because, because we have like such a vast like like what we can do with our resin work. It's yeah. definitely pretty, like the options are pretty huge. It's funny because we'll get people come in, they're like, all right, so they finally figure out what they want to order as a board. Then the glass job. And like that whole conversation can be, it's, 
show you some email chains that are yeah. <laughs> I got someone that deals with all that for me. You know and then mean? they change our mind like three times. I know I said this. Only but. three? If you're lucky. <laughs> nice, nice. So, um, as you know, name of the podcast is Surf Stories. And uh, the reason we started it was to capture some of these great stories. And you started to touch on one the other day that I, we definitely have to expound on that. And if you have some other ones, that's great. But you were telling me about um, some trips to Cloud Break where you had injured I, your shoulder like pretty I'm, severely. Yeah, I've my last two trip well actually no because i i lied i went back again over christmas new year and i got away with it although my surgeon was horrified <laughs> but prior to that i had two trips in a row five years apart that both resulted in me getting shoulder reconstructions oh so yeah 35 i've had two shoulder reconstructions oh wow it's uh it's not not looking good for me later in life full so take take us through like the the events yeah. that led to that well, the first one was pretty classic i went for my birthday my cousin sorry my, my cousin used to be a boatman out there and would like so we'd go and they were always happy to put me up nice um pulled in really good swell and uh yeah like surfed restaurants in the morning for like an hour because i was just frothing before we'd even got a boat out to yeah you know, sort of like look at going, fuck it's, it's a bit of size Nothing crazy, but it's still enough to sort of put the wind in you a little. And, uh, yeah, I got, like, two waves, and the second wave was, like, sort of, like, back in the tube a little on the foam ball, like, fell forward with my arm extended, and it just, like, popped my shoulder. Oh. Which, that's painful enough. That, like, Cloudbreak's just such a big playing field. Yeah. That then wearing about eight waves on the head when you can't swim. Was it, it was dislocated? It was dislocated. It was oh, out. so it's just hanging. And just Yeah, I remember trying to like hop on a board and I went trying to like swing my arm over and I just like, I was like, oh, this is not good. You're just swimming in circles because it's like, the only one yeah, arm works. At this point, I'm just like sitting there just like wearing waves on the head oh. trying to hold my shoulder just like, oh, this is fucked. There was a bunch of guys from Byron. One of them's actually like, he was like doing his like RN training. And oh, like, okay. Like, hey, Ryan, Ryan. So he's like, we got up on a boat. Like, I, I've just given a shot up. He's like, okay. He's like, I don't know what to do. So he's like, pulls his phone out and starts YouTubing how to put in a dislocated <laughs> shoulder. And that's like, not what you want to see. That's not. <laughs> I'm like, anyway, it was bad. We got in. The doctor on Tavarua like popped it straight back in. Sort of like went in. I was like, oh, that's all right. Went to the bar, ordered a really strong tequila drink. And I remember sitting there and kind of like the pain was just like unbelievable. And I'm like, my head just kept getting closer and closer to the bar. And he came in like two hours later and he was like, oh, fuck. My shoulder like hadn't totally gone back in. It had come back out. And this point, oh. it had now been out for like three hours. Oh. And they ended up having like 17 goes at putting it back in. Oh, my God. Before I ended up like that, me like face down on a ping pong table and just got one of the Fijian dudes basically just like, it was brutal. That's insane. I drank a lot of tequila that night. Yeah, I can slept, imagine. And then got on a plane home, and it was rough. And, uh, yeah, so that was great. Got a shoulder reconstruction. Didn't go back for a while, and then I went back. So that first one, was you had to, you had to have full reconstructive oh, yeah, surgery. Was, I'd, and I'd probably heard it snowboarding and a few other things, pre, like, you know, beforehand, but I'd, okay. I'd never had anything that, like, it really blew it out or done damage it as far as I knew. So that was trashed. And I imagine that the 17 tries, they probably... Oh, they did. broke a bunch of shit. Oh. But it was sort of like there, was a, like, there was a surgeon there, there was another doctor, and they were just like, you know. Wow. What do you want to do? I'm like, just get, the, just get it in. Yeah, yeah. So went back then uh, last year, about the same time, and the guys that were there, you know, some, like John Roseman, who owns the island, and... A couple of guys, they were all there again this trip. Yeah. And we had this last, the trip I had there last year was probably like one of the best trips I've ever had. We were like, it was hilarious. It was like Strider's 50th. And we just kept like saying like, we're not fucking leaving. Like the Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> yeah. thing. I'm not fucking leaving. Yeah, we're just like, we're not going. This is, and we stayed. So we like kind of like weaseled a little extra time. Nice. It was so killer. And it was just pumping the whole time. Like insane weekend of the trip blew my shoulder again mm. and i knew it straight away and it was just like on a nothing little way i was like oh, fuck like paddled back up to the boat 
said to one of the boys, like, oh, I popped my shoulder. He's like, you, no, you didn't. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm, was just so like nonchalant about it. He's yeah. Like, oh. I'm like, all right. So we went in. We got it back in. It wasn't too bad. And uh, only 15 tries this time. No, we, it was pretty, <laughs> they, they were pretty onto it. And uh, yeah, then we kind of got to this. I'm like, so I'm like, had a day off. Sort of got in the gym, was moving a little by the second day. I'm like, oh, so like then next we took a boat out that afternoon. I just like put on a swim mask. And I was like swimming freestyle around and like snorkeling and like just off the side of the reef while I'm serving. I'm like, I feel all right. Okay. So I'm like, I'm, okay, I've got a, I've got a little extra time here. So I'm like, I'm back surfing. And it was hilarious. The boys were like, I'm paddling for ways. They're like, no. <laughs> no, because I didn't want to see me hurt myself. They just didn't want to have to go in. They didn't want to did deal with myself. it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so sure enough, popped it again, uh, like twice in one trip, which was bound to happen, but, yeah. So I had another reconstruction, and, um, yeah, four or five months out of the water again after that. And wow. Got back surfing. One of the first surfs I had was so memorable. Like, it was, like, around New Year's. And I shouldn't have, it still was not meant, it was probably maybe a week or two before New Year's. Paddle out the pass, it was, like, well overhead high. I was, like, on a big 11.6 glider, just going to sit super wide. yeah. Paddled out and was like talking to Derek Hine. He's on his big board and I'm sort of sitting wide with him. And he's like, ah, oh. and he seen me. I was, I, the day before I got my surgery, I seen him. I walked down with like mm. a skip glider, which I don't ride often, but and he was like, oh shit. So this is the first time I've seen him. And he's like, oh my God, how did it all go? I'm like, this is my first surf. Wow. I'm just going to take it super easy. And this kind of proper set swung wide. Everyone was too deep. And because I was the furthest, widest guy <laughs> trying to stay out of the way, I'm like, shit and i'm like i'm going and i got this thing from like the top way past the caravan park which for anyone that doesn't know is like i don't know three quarters of a mile long yeah head high the whole way just roping and i was just like got in i was like i'm going in leave it nice that was it one wave one one and done that's all you need isn't it it's the funny paradox where it's like yeah you'll get the best wave and you're like i want another one yeah it's hard to sort of just like leave it alone but i was like i'm good with that oh that's awesome so good When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply and so that's what probably that's like five months ago yeah okay yeah and you're but you're you're feel like you're 100 percent now uh i'm like 85 okay i've had to like change the way i work a little i've had to like yeah, I was going to say, like, pretty good. Like, with the planer and stuff. You're... Yeah, and then I just don't, like, I'm not heavy blocking stuff anymore. I've had to get a lot better with, like, I use, like, a Makita with, like, a grinding disc sort of thing, but with, yeah. like, a special modified soft pad to sort of do a lot of cleanup work. And okay. Just had to sort of get a little better. It's probably stuff I should have been doing a long time ago. Yeah. But it's just yeah. like working out how to actually, like, look after this body. Yeah. I want to be doing this shit for a long time, and I, I want to be surfing for a long time, so. Yeah, absolutely. I think we all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you know, I, I mentioned earlier, like seeing bumping into Bob. Yeah, he's so he's so killer. And then there's a Chris Brock who lives at the end of my street, right at the point at Lennox there. And know Brocky, uh, I don't know how Bob said the other day he's seventy five. Wow, he's riding a six two twin fin the other day. 
No way. And I was like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I had to take my bigger board out. It's a little small. <laughs> like, that's hero shit. Yeah. He's, yeah, like that to me, I'm like. That's unreal. I mean, yeah, that's what we're all aspire to, you know, and, um, you know, yeah, having, having Derek out. I mean, Derek's in his 60s yeah. and having Derek over uh, when we had him over for the festival and seeing him paddle out and just absolutely own you know perfect three to five foot beach break like so insane yeah it's beautiful to watch so yeah i've never got out the east coast but well like i go to new york go, oh okay i go there yeah mention mikey like i'll go stay at mikey's house up there we'll go sailing around yeah he's got his, he's got his whole little montauk scene it's pretty cool yeah he's got a good good thing going there and he's been doing a bit of photography and stuff yeah I'm hoping he'll make another surf movie. He made really cool surf movies, but yeah. he hasn't made one for a while. So, Mikey, if you're listening, make another surf yeah. movie. So, a good like if you were talking surf stories, we had a really me and him had a really good surf after his last heart surgery. He made a point of it, and he flew to Australia for his like first surf. Oh wow! And uh, he he was in Noosa, so he drove up, and yeah, we had a surf with him. We surf like just at nationals. It was pretty special. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, Mikey's a legend, legend for sure. He's a Florida guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Cocoa Beach, originally. Yep. He's a New Yorker through and through. Yeah. Yeah, he's a New Yorker. Usually they, they live in New York and then they relocate to Florida, but I he feel like he was way. he was born in Florida, but he was a New Yorker and he got he ended yeah. up getting he ended up going to the right place. So yeah, that was good. That's killer. So sweet. Any any other uh so tales or I got adventures so, or so much dumb stuff. <laughs> we were joking. I had, had some friends out for a barbecue the other day and we we're joking about like getting chased around like Indonesia. We were, like rented a car and drove around for like three months one time. Oh, nice. Got lost in like the middle of like Lombok during Ramadan. <laughs> getting chased up the street because we were like, you know, like 17. You didn't know what you were doing. You know, yeah. There wasn't a great amount of like cultural sensitivity. Yeah. <laughs> Just you look back on it and you're like, we were idiots. Yeah. Like, you know, that I, you got to do that stuff. Yeah. And yeah. That's probably the greatest, one of the best things with surfing is it takes you to places that. It does. When, like, where else would you be? How else would you end up in these places? Like some small little town in the middle of a remote island somewhere. When I, I feel like too, like I feel like surfers as a, as a culture, as a group, I feel like a lot of times we tend to have a little bit more cultural sensitivity. And I think a lot of times it's because we've traveled all to all these different 100%. cultures and seen all this different stuff. Like hundred percent. I've had a, had a kind of a bit of an interesting thing when like going through these shoulder surgeries and it's like, it's not like it's anything major, but all of a sudden like I couldn't surf and I couldn't work. And sort of put this little thing on me. I was like, fuck, like, what if I never surfed? Because it yeah. strangely became the reason I traveled, the friend, most of my friends, even yeah. if it's not friends who surf, but through traveling, met someone who has now become like a dear friend to me. Yeah. Became my job. It's like what I do for fun. It's like, it's become so like permeating and just a part of everything. It's such a strange thing. Yeah, it's such a wonderful thing. It's and it's so. Um, I hate calling it a sport. It's not a sport. No. Um, they're. I mean, they're running bells right now, but it's that's the sport side of it. But it's not. That's not the only side of it. In fact, I'd say that's maybe the smallest side of it. I would almost say it. Um, the, seeing where it's sort of tracking, like that side of things, um, and like a, some of those guys, like I was texting Owen today. He's like, this is gonna be his last event. And, yeah. Um, it's pretty killer, but seeing where surfing's going now, it's almost when you, I think there's probably a reason with why people love watching, you know, like Taran Martin, who we went, grew up here and went to school with, um, you know, or like Mikey February or, you know, even for me, Devin Howard. Yeah. Because it's beautiful, relatable surfing and for a lot of people. Yeah. Whereas like as much as like, I can watch you to low surf, there's nothing about that that I'm ever going to do. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. I, I think Torin uh, has definitely, I mean, he, he influenced a whole, uh, I mean, he influenced a board that kind of mid lengthy round pin four channel twin fin. Yeah. What him and Simon did there. It's, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. There's a lot of guys riding those things because of him. hundred percent. Well, um, I ended up sort of making a bunch of channel bottom things and then kind of got super stitched up in the best way possible. But, um, we had some really bad floods here about a a year a year and a month ago basically to the yeah. day almost and um 
ended up me and Dave Rastovich were on a boat that he owns up a river doing supply drops to sort of some people that were all cut off and doing some sort of rescue work. Wow. And um, we're coming back up the river one day and Dave's talking to me about boards and going fast. And he's like, what do you, like, what do you got at the moment? What's fun? We got chatting about some stuff. Yeah. From that conversation, he ended up grabbing just a couple of boards off the rack. Once just to start. Nothing, yeah. Didn't build him anything. Just came grab one. Wow. A six eight swallowtail, sort of fishy, weird fishy thing. Six eight, twenty three quarters, two three quarters. Wow. Four channel twin fin. Rode it. Like, oh, this thing's pretty good. Grabbed a couple more stock ones and some different things. And he's like, Have you made one without channels? Like, strangely, no. <laughs> yeah. And it was like a board that I made originally for like the stab acid test thing. Okay. That, uh, Coco kind of shit canned. It was pretty funny. I was like, does Eden think I'm pregnant? Like, what? <laughs> uh, it was pretty good. And then Dave's like, so I'm making one without channel. He's like, oh, this goes way better. Why have you been making one channel? I'm like, <laughs> like, literally, I had a look through the orders. I've made like nearly a thousand of these things with channels. Yeah. And he's like, no, oh, they go better without it. I'm like, <laughs> Your glass would probably thank you, though. My glass actually doesn't <laughs> mind doing them. They're just weirdos, but yeah, it's funny. Oh, that's funny. We, yeah, we actually, uh, we, we surfed down at Ingari yesterday and saw Coco in the water. Okay. Yeah, she was she was all stoked. She's Because I was like, oh, you're not at Bell's. And she's like, nope, nope. I'm hanging in Australia with no jersey, and I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. Those guys are surfing. It's for those guys. It's such a trippy thing. Like, I'm sure a lot of people look at it and be like, "Oh my god, they got the best job in the world." Yeah, but much like any rock star or whoever else, it's like at any point, it's still very much a job. It is like for sure. Packing up and leaving partners or you know whatever at home and living out of a suitcase for nine, ten months of a year. It's, yeah, it's hard work. I would imagine like the the content. Like if you're on tour, it's probably much worse because you you're you're bound to the schedule. Whereas um, like Coco was very, just to use her as an example, she was, she just seemed so stoked. She's like, yeah, I'm just cruising, like cruising. Like the waves are good here. We'll go surf here. And if they're not, we'll go surf somewhere else. And we're filming a little and we're traveling and I might stay here for two more days and I might stay here for five more days. And that seems like it would be, you know, definitely a better, or at least for me, a more suitable way to to do it. Yeah. Versus the real strict schedule of, if you can make it work, and I think that's the challenge, because yeah, I don't know if you've watched that. Uh, you don't mind me giving a shout out, but like that stab house surfers get paid thing, which I would recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody watch. Absolutely is such an eye opener. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, but like probably people don't realize how hard some of these guys do it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a full it's a full time job. Because like if you see the number on like what a contract is, you're like, oh, that's. Three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's proper that's money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I know. Like people take one vacation a year and see what that costs them. Try doing like ten months of round the world flights and. Yeah, I think the the last one I just saw, um, I think it was Jordy, and he said to do the tour, it's like one hundred eighty thousand in travel expenses. Yeah, probably. Like, I think most people have no idea. Yeah. If you're trying to bring your wife or your girlfriend along with you or... Or your coach or your physio or... Yeah, Yeah. all those things. It's gnarly. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Um, If I can throw a question back at you. Absolutely. How have you enjoyed Australia? I have loved it. (laughs) I have absolutely loved it. Um, I've been really fortunate to travel a lot of places and surf. And Australia was kind of the last place that I wanted to go that I'd never been. And uh, Joseph, you know, has been here for... 12, 13 years now. And so he was, he just kept telling me, he's like, mate, just come on, just come on. I got a, I got a room. Like you got to do it. You know, told me the time of year to come. And it just from day one, we literally, like I flew into Sydney overnighted in Sydney. And then I flew up, he picked me up in Ballina and we literally went straight to the beach and Rivery was like head high and so fun. And it's just been nonstop ever since. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it, it, it really is. A real paradise here. We've been very, very lucky. It really is. It's magical. Like I said, it's like it's like aspects of Santa Barbara, climate of Hawaii. Um, it's it's kind of subtropical. Um, Joe lives up in the hills, you know, up above Byron. And every morning, I'm I'm awakened by these uh, like rainbow parakeets 
just like 30 of them in this tree, like eating yeah. flowers. And Which at the first day you see me like, oh, those things are super cute. By day 12, you're like, yeah, get me a fucking slingshot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Between that, the white cockatoos and the, um, what's the real loud ones? The kookaburras. Kookaburras, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've literally sat in the morning and just recorded the, the cacophony sound. of sound outside. <laughs> I'm like, this is insane. Yeah, but, it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's beautiful for me. Um, the people are very friendly. I've, I've been so pleasantly surprised. I didn't really expect it to be any different, but it's hectic. You go to some of the surf spots that we've been to, and Joe's been great. He's taken me on a real tour of yep. those region, kind of from Byron all the way down to Angari and kind of everything in between. And everywhere we've gone, like, people have been... I mean, there's always a couple salty guys, you for know. For sure. But, I think the one thing I think that always blows me away when i leave and i come back here is just the caliber of surfing yeah like the average guy in the water yeah surf's really fucking good yeah i see guys that get get out of their truck their plumber truck yeah and they go down and rip the bag out of it and you're yeah, like, like they huh. can live in par- other parts of the world and be like you know the hot, probably getting hot paid guy in town probably yeah yeah and maybe like, not now but <laughs> yeah but yeah like that's it's very much a real thing yeah in the 90s when the money was flowing like yeah. those guys would have all been getting paid it's funny i was actually talking to joe about that when we were in angary like was the up top the ledge was like pretty ledgy you know good barrel section and there was these you know it's holidays the easter holiday and all these kids from queensland are down and stuff but there's these 12 and 14 year old kids that were taken off on like proper head high foot overhead heaving barrels, like right on a ledge of rock. And they're just flinging themselves into these barrels. They're getting smashed on the rock. And, and I, I don't mean to s- speak badly of where I'm from, but like there's, I just don't see kids at where I'm from doing that. Like partly because we don't have that opportunity as much, but yeah, I just, I, I remember coming out of that session and just going, Holy shit. Like, Australia's gonna have the best surfers in the world most of the time yeah. because they these kids are just growing up in this like world class setting. Yeah, like I, even you know like around here we've got like Adam Melling lives six doors up. Yeah, um, you know James Woods, another guy from Lennox here. Like he won like an underrating World Juniors. Yeah, um, you know, and then you go to Byron, you've got Kieran Perrell, and you got Danny Wills, Garrett Parks, who almost got on the tour and missed out like one spot. You've yeah, got Solly Bailey, you've got. Like, and that's just a rattle. Like Owen lives down the street. Matt Wilco lives just over here. Yeah. I saw, I saw KP get a sick barrel at Wareham street the other day. So like, and that's kind of, so it's like, that's just your general, like kicking, like we're not big towns. Like Lennox has got like 10,000, 12,000 people. Yeah. Byron's 20. Yeah. So it's like, and we have like, it's not so much of a thing in the States, but like all our local board riders clubs, which is like, you know, you'll have a monthly, like little local club comp and whatever else, but like, world-class talent in those (laughs) god like if you can like yeah some of the like if you've got like those names yeah you're making a final in that like you could be probably winning a qs like yeah yeah it's pretty up there yeah for sure i um the thing that surprised me too was the um the proximity of all these world-class breaks that i had known about I, i i mean i was very familiar with lennox familiar with angary familiar with the past familiar with broken head all those places i had no idea they were so close to each yeah. other and then you can just drive 45 50 minutes north and you're like you're in cool yeah I ha- yeah i haven't even gone north of byron yet but i'm gonna get up there next week i've got uh, a friend up there uh luke that i'm gonna go see and yeah i mean it but yeah it's it's just nuts the amount of world-class waves yeah. in such a short space and if you talk about talent and like the quality of surfing like wait till you snapper rocks is unlike anything i've ever maybe that and like surfing in hawaii yeah, There's, but like the level of surfing out there is unbelievable. It's unlike yeah. anything else. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Killer. Well, Eden, yeah, dude, I'm so stoked to sit down with you. Thanks for taking the time to have a chat. And no uh, problem. Yeah, I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing your boards, you know, in and around different places. Well, and yeah, they're out there. You gotta, you might have to look a little bit. We send. It's kind of been funny. Like we've just. Had to, I guess, through like as after COVID, had to sort of like adjust a few things, and we just, sure, it's it's pretty easy. We ship shit everywhere. It's fine. Nice. You can get them. Yeah, yeah. Australia, we got a pretty good exchange rate. So for anyone from the states, it's actually not the hardest. I to can't. Get them. I can. I can say that. Yeah, like it's it's quite nice to well, come you're here. You're getting everything half price. Yeah. You're like, hang on, with the exchange rate and then not tipping. Oh shit, that's actually <laughs> half price. Yeah, that is bizarre. Like, 
in America, they want you to tip for everything. Yeah. If somebody opens the door for you, they're like holding their hand out. And here the it's... One thing I cannot get my head around is like when you go into somewhere, you order, can I just get my takeaway coffee? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And then they spin the thing around. It's like 25% gratuity, just like is like the preload. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, what? You no, didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very nice. Um, just coming here, everybody's super friendly, and then they, they don't expect anything. Yeah. So it's quite nice. And, hey, if you ever do get out to Florida, we got a place for you. We'd love to have you by the festival. And, and maybe uh, a Dead Kooks movie. Well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'll get Mikey to do it. There you go. There you go. Well, if you ever do come out, I appreciate um, the yeah, offer. Thank we, you very we got much. a wonderful place. We do it four times a year. So um, if you're ever in, in New York and you want to jet down and, and hang out for a fun weekend. Um, oh, it sounds killer. Yeah, it is a wonderful community event. Like the community really supports it. And Well, yeah, like you said, you got Taylor's a part of it and Lauren and like, yeah. You know, Taylor's yeah. been a good friend of mine for years, and nice. Yeah, so they're it's, they're good people. Yeah, and actually, I'll, I'll take a tuck a minute to to talk about that. The uh, we have our June event coming up. It's on Father's Day weekend, and for the five days preceding that, we will be hosting what we feel like is the first ever surf filmmaking residency ever. I've I've scoured the internet. I've tried to find somebody else that's done it. Can't find it anywhere. Um, but Taylor Steele will still will be there. Hosting the first ever uh, Florida Surf Film Festival filmmaking residency for early to mid career filmmakers. So if you're, not you're listening, get better than that, are you? Not at all. If you're listening and uh, you want to apply, uh, go to floridasurffilmfestival.com and uh, you can apply for that. And uh, we'd love to have you. But thanks again, Eden. Uh, appreciate you chatting. Thanks and for coming over. Thanks, man. All right. Cheers. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Oh man, it was a real pleasure hanging out with Eden at his place. And I bet. uh yeah, what a nice guy. What a horror story though about his shoulder. Like I can't believe the guy can even surf anymore. And just with my limited knowledge of medicine and anatomy from what I do, like the in the field here in the States, like we're allowed one attempt to reduce a dislocated shoulder. Wow. One attempt in the field. Wow. And if you don't get it, then you stabilize in a position of comfort, give him a bunch of morphine, and rush him to the hospital. Okay. And this 17 guy, times. Well, I'm pretty sure I would have dealt with that pain really, really well. <laughs> yeah. You know how many. <laughs> I, I would have checked out. Uh, classic Miller fashion. <laughs> I would have passed out, and I would have come to You'd after have, I pissed myself. You would have had the green straw. You would have had like four green straws. Oh, not to mention like 16 <laughs> diapers. <laughs> Oh, oh it's just crazy. And like, yeah, I mean, Eden is a is a physical specimen. Like he's he's a big guy. He's built. He's very fit. He looks like a rugby player or something. Okay. And um, yeah, I just I was impressed with his uh, recovery. Next thing you're going to tell me he paddled out the next day. Yeah, no, he okay. did not. He did not. But okay. when I was there, when I was there in Australia and hanging out with him a bit, he was jonesing because he was looking at swell charts and he was like, oh man, he's like, we should get on a plane and go to Fiji like in a couple days. Wow. Like he's, okay. he's absolutely going back. Oh, all right. He's been, I think he's been back. Actually. Impressive. I believe we talk about it. He went back and did it again. Oh, he separated his shoulder again? Again. Uh, Next time he went back. See, that's where the fourth and fifth surgeries come in, uh, right? Yeah, probably. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I just, I'm, I take every wave I get these days, like, uh, I'm lucky to be on the wave. Like, I don't know. I, I've been injured, not to that degree by any means, but. Uh, pulled, a, pulled a couple of hammies. Pulled a hammy, pulled a quad, <laughs> pulled this, been yanking it too much probably. <laughs> I need to, I need to be in better shape and uh, it sounds like he's going to be charging. Absolutely. And um, yeah, definitely check out his boards, deadkooks.com. Um, you can find his boards all over the world. Um, they're really impressive. The glass work is phenomenal. The shapes are, I mean, he he's traveled and surfed the best waves in the world, so the shapes are very functional. They work. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it was really nice. He loaned me a couple boards I got to try while I was there. Super okay. nice guy. Just uh, highly recommend Lennox Rocks Instagram or yes, whatever it is. Yes, look for me on Lennox Rocks. I'm probably on there. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, that's that's cool. We got to thank our sponsors. Uh, you know, we've got uh, Monster Energy sponsors the festival, but the uh, Surfing's Evolution and Preservation Foundation uh, supports this podcast. Um, obviously, indirectly, so does Rourke uh, Apparel, Globe Footwear, and uh, Yeti, uh, among many others. Yeah, Red Dog Surf Shop, Solento, Solento Tequila, tequila. Yeah. Brian Lehman Financial Services, Josh the Lawyer, dude. Yeah, Dragon. Yeah. It's coming. Sun bum. We're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. We're Sun so bum. so stoked to have the support from all these folks. And um, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully we'll see everybody in June. Yeah. You know, our event. in our uh, in your in your podcast, by the way, you mentioned the Taylor Steele uh, residency that has actually wrapped up its application process. Uh, we have made our selections and uh, we'll be hosting that on the 11th through the 16th, along with the next festival on the 16th and 17th of June. Yeah, so come by and check it out, and uh, thanks again for listening. You got it. I'm not going to do the U. I'm going to let you do the U. There we go.